everyone, my name is Brie and this is the Woman and the Word podcast. We have returned for season three. I know, season two was like a glimpse in our eye, but listen, when the Lord speaks, you have to listen, right? So I took some time to rest, I took some time to recover, recharge, all that good stuff. And though I am still very much in the process of doing all those things, I do have a word or two that I believe God wants me to share with you all. And I'm so excited for this here word today. Before we get started, I wanna give you a bit of a heads up. We've had a slight revamp, slight readjustments, and there have been a few new segments and things added, right? Listen out for those. Hopefully you like it. Hopefully you enjoy it. So before we get into this episode, I just want to, for any newcomers, new listeners, etc., I just want to break down how the podcast has operated previously, unintentionally, but previously, and how I'm going to operate moving forward. And that's episode structure, right? As you can see from the titles of previous episodes, there are like three types that I typically go for. The first is a fan favorite, which is the topical episode. And these are when I take a concept or a cultural phenomenon, you know, a theme, you name it, and I weigh it up, contrast and compare it to Christianity. So we've had in seasons one and two, culture and Christianity, racism and Christianity, cancel culture and Christianity. And this season, we have some great ones coming up. So excited for you to hear it. Next, we have the Let's Talk series. And this is my personal favorite. So I get to sit down with a beautiful woman of God and I get to talk to them about whatever really. So it's usually a topic that they're either interested in, they're currently working in, or just an area that they have had breakthrough in and they want to share with you and the body of Christ. So uh, again, in seasons one and two, I've gotten to speak to my beautiful friends, Blondel Baymar, Zola Kufi, Nara Noir, and Jen Davis. This season, I have incredible, incredible guests. There may even be a man or two because we're, we're all the body of Christ. Amen. And finally, and this is more recent, I would say, but we have what I like to call testimony time. Now, it's not called testimony time. That's a bit cheesy, but it's an episode where I speak about a topic that God has recently taken me through. Right? I share a testimony of what God is currently taking me through at the time. And we saw this with episodes like Donkey of the Day and Krispy Kremes in Heaven. These are all about God pruning me, uh, admonishing me in love. But ultimately, it's just me working at my salvation, my sanctification and, and bringing you all on the journey with me. And that's what we have here today. Today's episode is called When I Move, You Move. Let's go. So let's set the scene, okay? Back in January 2020, I had a number of plans in motion or, you know, set for the year. And in my head, God had given me the go-ahead. It was a yes, right, from him. So when lockdown was first enforced, I was a little scared, as was everyone. But God had said yes to my plans. Like, we were good to go. When things opened back up again, boom, we're back at it. So then we got to summer and things hadn't really changed. Then it was autumn, then November 25th, my birthday, then it was Christmas, and we were still in lockdown, and there was no real end in sight. Then New Year comes, and I had plans to be elsewhere in January 2021. 
the new year was supposed to start with my new international life, right? Transatlantic bib, Golden Coast queen. But no, I was in the UK in a room alone in Croydon with strangers. Love them now, but they were strangers at the time. Not even with my church family, right? Watching fireworks out of the window and crying, <laughs> right? That was me. And it was pathetic. Like, yeah, it was pathetic. It was, you know, it was really, really sad. And full circle moment. This is probably why the Daniel fast was so difficult for me because I was slightly depressed um, at being hungry, but I was not able to eat my feelings. So that's probably why it was like 10 times harder than before. But that was how my 2021 started off. And now, now we're in British summertime. I can't say that. Oh my gosh. We're in British summertime. <laughs> Summer is here, supposedly. It's raining right now. Um, and we're still in lockdown. We're still in lockdown. No one has a time frame of when we'll get back to normal. And so the future is just this blur. It's this blur. And, and personally, I felt myself in a space where, you know, the desires that sparked the plans back in 2020, they hadn't gone anywhere. I still had those desires. And yet I was stuck in this 15 month waiting period of stagnation and confusion and uncertainty. And honestly, it has slash had but very much has left me with a sort of impatience you know in my head I had lost a year of my life in my head I'd wasted 15 months I was delayed by 15 months and probably more from working towards the goals and plans that I had set back in January 2021 so I felt like I was set back and that is the first word of today timing, timing. The world is a wicked place, and I'm going to tell you why. The world, society, this life will tell you that you're running out of time. They'll tell you that, oh, you have the same 24 hours as Beyonce. What are you doing with it? All that nonsense, right? This world, this current culture we're in, it will have you looking at your life on a weekly, monthly, yearly basis and scrutinizing it for productivity and what you did achieve, what you didn't achieve, what you did accomplish, what you didn't accomplish. Foolishness nonsense so so incredibly unhealthy we're not doing that anymore it's so so counterproductive time as we know it is a soul is so you can't even talk time as we know it is a social construct anyway right and its pressures are diabolical and overwhelming and just destructive if you are in christ if you are a believer and you know the lord please let go of this world's timing let go of it and step into God's timing, live and work by his clock, walk at his place, live and love in step with him. And yes, I am preaching to myself, but I have and I have had to tell myself this daily. No, Brie, God is in control. His timing is perfect. His timing often feels excruciating, but it's perfect. It's for my good. It's for the greater purpose. Literally, that's that's what I've had and still have to tell myself. God allowed this lockdown to happen. He he saw it. He saw me making my plans at the end of 2019 and the beginning of 2020. And he knew lockdown was around the corner. He knew lockdown was going to come and obstruct. So if I am in him and my life is his to use as he wills, you know, if, if Lord, I'm your vessel, which I love to scream every day, if that is the truth, then my plans have had to change and adjust and adjust to his plans. Lord, if you've allowed it, okay, I trust you. This was clearly part of the plan. So no, I'm not 
15 months or whatever behind, there's a whole, there's just a whole new plan. And there's a new plan, a new time frame, and it's on God's timing. So let's look at scripture. Let's talk about God's timing. I want to read you Psalm 90 verse 4. And it reads, a thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by or like a watch in the night. I love that. Let's also look at 2 Peter 3 verses 8 to 9. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Mm. So what do we understand from this? Well, firstly, God's timing is fluid. A thousand years is like a day and a day is like a thousand, like fluid, right? God's timing is reliable. God's timing is patience. Instead, he is patient with you. That's what it says in 2 Peter 3. Instead, he is patient with you. So God's time is patient. And the last one, God's timing is for you. It's for your good. I love that verse 9 in, in 2 Peter 3, where it says, he's patient, not, not wanting anyone to perish, but for everyone to come to repentance. That literally means that the wrath that we deserve, right, that is coming for those who don't repent, God so doesn't want you to be a part of that, that he is willing to be patient, to allow you the maximum amount of time to come to him, to repent and come and be reconciled with him. He wants to give you the most time to make sure that, you know, you don't face my wrath. I don't want you to have to go through that. So I'm going to be patient with you. Like that is God and that is his timing. So yeah, earlier this year, I got to a place where I was like, okay, yeah, God's timing is, is all those things I just said. It's fluid, it's reliable, it's patient, it's in my favor. Love it. And I started to operate from that place of appreciation, right? To know that, okay, God, if you're for me, um, then that means that me being in lockdown, it's not a hindrance. It's not a delay. It's part of the plan. Like you're for me, there's gonna be purpose behind this. You're intentional. It's It's all right. And it was, it was great. Once I was in that place, there was appreciation in abundance. However, as time went on, the world's time, right? The society's time, it did become harder and harder for me to accept the place I was in. That appreciation started to fade, right? That contentment started to go. God had called me to be still, but instead I was feeling like the second word I'm gonna share with you. And that is stuck. stuck. I'll be honest and say that I am still very much being shown and taught what stillness in God looks like. I have not overcome it just yet. She's still very much in the valley, not yet at the mountaintop. But even so, how far God has taken me, there are definitely some gems that I want to share with you. So when I was at my lowest, right, I was crying out to God and saying, Lord, I feel stuck. Nothing feels progressive. Nothing's moving anywhere. I feel like there's no option to do anything. I'm just here. But through the tears, God, like he spoke to me and he said, and I, I didn't hear this audibly, but this entire sentence, exactly how I'm saying it to you, word for word, dropped in my spirit from nowhere. And I know, I know it was the Holy Spirit. God said to me, being still feels like being stuck to a busybody. Let me say it one more time. 
Being still feels like being stuck to a busybody. What? Like, huh? I said, uh? Sorry? God, me? A busybody? Not me. But my goodness, I'm a busybody. I am. God knows his children because me, I can't sit still. I always need to be onto the next thing, planning the next thing, working on the next project, writing this, singing here, executing that. I am a busybody. And so God was asking me to stop, pause, slow down, be still, be still. And it was so difficult. It was so difficult, but I had to. And this is the scripture that God gave me to carry me over because he's so good. Exodus 14, verse 14. The Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. Brie, what are you hustling for? Brie, what are you struggling for? What are you rushing for? What are you running for? The Lord will fight for you. He'll make a way for you. He'll make things happen for you. You need only be still. How beautiful is that? How beautiful is that? And don't get me wrong. This doesn't mean do nothing, right? I always use the analogy of um, of applying for jobs um, as an example of this, right? Sitting in bed all day, every day saying like, hey, God is a mighty God. Like he'll bring me a job right to my doorstep. I don't have to do a thing. I'm being still. I don't feel like that is what is meant by that statement. (laughs) Being still for me in this example would be, yes, looking, you know, for vacancies, applying to what God tells you to apply for, like being led by him, not rushing to things, not being uh, influenced or enticed by money and all this stuff, but saying, no, God, I'm resting in you. You're going to lead me on this search for a job to where, you know, to the company, to the position that you want me to have. That for me is being still. There's still movement, but you're still and grounded and rooted in God. That's where the stillness is. Like your heart is still and rooted and grounded in God, right? God doesn't want me to stop working. He doesn't want me to stop doing the book, the podcast. God doesn't want me to stop writing and singing, you know, be still, don't do that. No, that's not God. God just wants me to do all those things with my eyes fixed on him rather than on the world rather than on my achievements, rather than on worldly success. God wanted me to be still and rest in him while being a good steward over the job and podcast he gave me. So Exodus 14, 14 carried me through that season. But then I came across numbers nine and it added a whole new layer to what I was going through. And what I and what I believe a good few of us are going through and doing in general. Let's read Numbers 9, 15 to 23. On the day, the tabernacle, the tent of the covenant law, was set up. The cloud covered it. From evening till morning, the cloud above the tabernacle looked like fire. That is how it continued to be. The cloud covered it. And at night, it looked like fire. 17. Whenever the cloud lifted from above the tent, the Israelites set out. Wherever the cloud settled, the Israelites encamped. At the Lord's command, the Israelites set out, and at his command, they encamped. As long as the cloud stayed over the tabernacle, they remained in camp. When the cloud remained over the tabernacle, a long time, the Israelites obeyed the Lord's order and did not set out. Verse 20. Sometimes the cloud was over the tabernacle only a few days. At the Lord's command, they would encamp, and then at his command, they would set out. Sometimes the cloud stayed only from evening till morning, and when it lifted in the morning... They set out, whether by day or by night, whenever the cloud lifted, they set out. Verse 22, whether the cloud stayed over the tabernacle for two days or a month, 
or a year, the Israelites would remain in camp and not set out. But when it lifted, they would set out. Verse 23, at the Lord's command, they encamped, and at the Lord's command, they set out. They obeyed the Lord's order in accordance with the command through Moses. I don't know who, read, who wrote that, but they really wanted you to understand that when the cloud was there, they encamped, and when it lifted, they set out. Because I'm sure it's said about 50 million times, 50, 11 times, I'm sure. But every time I read this, right, I just have to take a second and just sigh, just excel, because this is both beautiful but extremely, extremely difficult for me to read. Encamping, staying put, settling, that's being still. The Israelites were told, commanded even, every time the cloud hovered over the tabernacle to encamp. Whenever it was there, stay put. Whenever it was hovering over, be still. And look at verse 22. This is the one that cuts me up, right? Verse 22 says, whether the cloud stayed over the tabernacle for two days, a month, or a year, the Israelites would remain in camp and not set out. When I read this, I was like, okay, God, I can do two days, but a year, a year of being still, God, why? And then I realized, hello, it's been a year of being still. And do you know what? It may be another year. It may be five years of being still, not taking any step towards anything I want or anything I've planned or anything I desire. And if that is the case, if I am being still and waiting, then I need to put my trust in God. I need to trust that God is God. God is fighting for me. I need to be obedient. I need to encamp. And when the cloud lifts and only when the cloud lifts, I will set out. I will set out. I will run. I will dive, fly and charge towards the things God has placed on my heart. But right now, right now, the cloud is hovering. Right now, God is calling me and us, I believe, to encamp. Be still wait on him. And you may be wondering why this episode is called When I Move, You Move. <laughs> well, there's a great anthem, a hymn, if you will, by this blessed little child of God, the rapper Ludacris. And he sings, when I move, you move. And if you haven't heard it, listen to it. When I move, you move, right? When I was, when I was reading even Numbers 9, I felt and believed God was telling me the same thing. Brie, when I move, you move. When I move, you move. And listen, that's my motto for the year. That's my takeaway moving forward. Lord, when, when you, you move, move so, so, will so will I. So the final word I want to give to you is no. No, not N-O, but no K-N-O-W. Why this word? Well, look at Psalm 46 verse 10. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. When things start to get a little stale and dry in our season of stillness, that's our time to dig deep into what we know about our God. Me, I know my God is reliable. I know that his timing is perfect. I know that he isn't slow to his promises like I understand slowness. I know that he works all things out for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. I know that I have never seen the righteous forsaken. I know that the Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him and that though I may stumble, I will not fall for the Lord upholds me with his hand. I know that I need not be weary of doing good, of being still, of moving only when God moves. 
because in due season I, you, we will reap a harvest and I know that all of the promises of Christ are yes and amen. Amen? So let's be still and only move when God moves. Until next time, beloveds, be blessed. Bye.